we're talking today to Little House in the Prairie. Listen, welcome to the show. Uh, this is Sarah Vidalich. Okay, what's your, your maiden name, Sarah? Harmon. Sa- Harmon, Sarah Harmon. Um, and so uh, I don't really know your testimony. I hate to say it. But in my head, um, in my head, I'm thinking that you were raised in Canada in some cottage. <laughs> you you milked the cow, churned your own butter. Oh Lord, huh? Uh, because I don't know when I when I think of Canada, I think of rural, like you know, hillside. I don't know because I know Montreal is Canada and doesn't look anything <laughs> like that. But in my head, I just think you know she's like that kind of a Canadian. Um, and so I want you to share not only your testimony, but, um, you just came out with a book, Stand Before Kings. I have not read it, so I'm not going to stand up here and be like, oh, this is a fantastic book. I have not read it yet, but thank you for the copy. Um, and I want you to get into that. I want you to, uh, promote your t-shirts and you have a podcast, which is phenomenal. So, um, tell, uh, introduce yourself and what you do for the ministry first and foremost. So... My name is Sarah Vitalich, and I am um, an editor here at Revival Today. I like to call myself the assistant media director, mm. um, but Ram reminds me assistant to the media director. <laughs> right. So <laughs> that's good. Keep you humble. Keep you There's humble. that. Um, mm-hmm. I'm actually not from Canada. I've only lived there for about two well, years. <laughs> <laughs> but Kofi insists well, that on like it's blaming just everything. Falling, <laughs> crashing down. Yo, 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 yo. How are you going to say so, from Canada? Where not, she, she lived there for like two years. Who said that? that? I thought she lived there her whole life. No. Born and raised. No, Kofi will actually, he doesn't let me like get off with that because he'll say you're from Canada. Yeah. You were born in Canada. You're from Canada. And I'm like, Kofi, I only lived there for two years. So. Like I was only like a permanent resident for maybe like six months. Exactly. officially and then i moved back dang <laughs> but um you're from you're, florida yeah yeah born and raised in um pensacola florida well good news and <laughs> moved around so you're a, a u.s amount. citizen yeah wow. <laughs> i have a u.s passport i'm really sorry i'm really sorry i know that's i okay. feel horrible okay tell me more about yourself <laughs> so born and raised in pensacola florida and i lived there until i was about 10 and um my mom so i like grew up in church um my mom got saved when i was three uh she actually got saved in the brownsville revival oh so that was like that was where like she grew up like baptist but that was where she became like saved saved like and she's like all right we're gonna like go to church every sunday but when she first hit it like Ah! it was like hard i'm sorry i just had to do that because someone said stop 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 yelling but you know what (laughs) julie it's my show and you don't even know how to spell my name so moving forward go ahead yeah so she so she but a didalas a didalia i've never heard this one before but go go for it um so when she first got saved it was like she like believed in like no makeup skirts only um yeah like very like modest very very so like when i you know on wednesday nights i was allowed to wear pants to church but like sundays it was like you and even like to this day she still holds a little bit even though she's like let let go she's still like why are you wearing jeans to (laughs) sunday morning and like even as like you know an adult i'm i'm still like no i can't can't wear that on sunday morning yeah that was like that was um like my upbringing and then she like kind of 
like phased out of that. But uh, so then when I was nine, my so like growing up, like my mom was the one that was like the spiritual like leader in our family because my dad was like, like he believed, but he never like went to church or anything like that. So it was always like she was like it was me and her in the car Sunday mornings to church and back and then Wednesday nights to church and back. And he just kind of like stayed back unless it was Easter or Christmas. Mm -hmm. And so that was just kind of how things were. And then when I was nine years old, um, my dad passed away, uh, in the middle of, well, sort of like my mom was out, um, at a meeting and then, so it was him, myself and my little brother. So I have one, uh, biological brother and then one, or one half sister. So he passed away. So she came home and, um, like everything was normal, but she was like really mad because he didn't like feed us dinner. And so she went into the bedroom to like yell at him and he was like gone. And so that was like my brother, he was only, I think four at the time. So he didn't really know like what was going on, but I kind of knew I had like a better understanding of, of everything. And so I was nine. nine. So almost just, almost 10 so like but i was yeah, i was like yeah. raised to kind of be like i want to say like be an adult from like a really young age because even at that age like i was like raising my brother and mm -hmm. like cooking for myself like very independent mm -hmm. like I, my mom taught me to because i was homeschooled so she was like today's lesson is you're going to go to the grocery store at like seven years old she's like you're going to go to the grocery store you're going to pick out what you're going to cook for dinner and like i would have to go and like shop and like come home and cook wow and like have dinner so it was like it you know that was just how, how it was. she taught me yeah. yeah so um you know i might not have known how to spell my middle name till i was like nine years but old you go cook but i could go cook, cook a can of corn like nobody's business <laughs> <laughs> so it was um so that was in november uh i think of 06 or 07 and then so my mom like she was dealing with all that becoming like a uh, single parent now and then she um some family like offered her to help like pay for the house and like the mortgage and help with all the bills if she like would like vow to not remarry and i mean she was 34 so i mean she was still like really young yeah. and what? so they were like okay. yeah they were like you know we'll take your well, i'll take your mortgage but like they kind of just wanted her to you know become like a shut-in and just kind of like draw the blinds and live uh, at home that's and right. that's kind of quite right. so she was like no like i'm gonna i'm gonna get remarried and so um she signed up for eHarmony after all of her friends like convinced her to do it because she like didn't know anybody like where we lived and it was crazy because she set like um, her, which I mean, like thinking back on it now, I'm like, you're, you're like insane. Cause I watched so many forensic files, right? <laughs> I'm like, you are literally so insane. So she set like her radius of like g the people she wanted to meet, like within like 50 miles or like a hundred miles or something like that. And she got matched up with my dad now who lived in Illinois at the time and he had just um was recently divorced and so the, my dad passed away in November she met him the end of February March mm -hmm. time and so uh he had just re like finalized their divorce so he had three kids she had two kids and so they matched up on eHarmony and he was like yeah I'm a pastor and I live here in Illinois and I work and I have my kids and like they just got to know each other. And then a month later, they got married. <laughs> a month later? <laughs> yeah, a month later from 
uh, like talking in March to April, April 7th, they got married. They just celebrated 13 years. Wow. Yeah. So it was, um, it was really wild because like at that time I was like, I was still really young, but I had like told people, I'm like, you know, if my mom gets remarried, I'm not calling him dad and I'm not changing my last name. Cause I didn't know, like, I just thought like, that's what you had to do. Like right. if you're like, um, doing that, but then it was the trauma of losing a dad and then heading right into another mm -hmm. kind of like a uh, paternal figure was daunting. It was. And then plus like going from just being my brother and I yeah. to three siblings going from the house I lived in for nine years. Like we never moved like when it was just us, yeah. like we stayed, it was like the, that was our going to be the house. And then we moved to like Illinois. Like I didn't even know homeschooled. I didn't even know where Illinois was on the map. <laughs> and so my aunt, and like, that was the thing is like my mom dropped me and this, she dropped me off at my aunt's house. And she said, I'm going to a wedding in Tennessee. I'll be, I'll be back. And she did. And then she took like a turn to Illinois to go meet him. And she didn't tell me that. And so when they, she's like, my aunt called me into the room and she said, Sarah, you need to sit down. She said, you're not going to believe this. Um, your mom done went and got married. And I said, oh, she said, yeah. And they're driving down now to come get you and you're going to move to Illinois. And I was like, what? The I was like, That's major. I was like, oh, okay. She said, no, 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 Sarah, here's Florida. Here's <laughs> Illinois. And I was like, uh, what? Like I was like, but then it was so, because like, I remember even two weeks leading up to that, my mom like introduced me to him like over the phone. And she's like, cause they didn't, there's no like FaceTime or anything like that. She's just like handing me the phone. She's like, here, you want to talk to him and stuff. And I like, they weren't married, but I had like called him dad. I was like, I love you, dad. Have a good night. You know, I was like telling him good night. And they were, they were like talking about getting married or whatever. Right. And, and he like, I mean, he's a softy, but like he was crying and I like that kind of like broke in me of like, I'm not having another dad. Like I'm not yeah, calling anybody that, that dad. Was. Like they weren't even married yet. And I was like, love you dad. And, and so it was like, um, totally like the Lord, because even when we came together, like his, um, his kids, called my mom mom wow. and then I, we always called him dad yeah. and we always called like this is my brother this is my sister and like we never used the word step like this like it was never like that's my stepdad so it's always hard to like explain like to people that my dad died because I never like talk about him being my stepdad and they're like what and then like th they see family photos and they're like oh you and your sister look so much alike you could be like twins and we're just like we're not even like related <laughs> like we don't even come from the same like bloodline you know but did it was you get like along with it, the the kids or did you like hate their guts I we got a, it took a, it took a minute because they um I had to share a room with my sister okay and so for me that was like something new because I went from like being on my own, like independent, the, independent, independent, like, you know, and I remember that too, because like, that was the time that, you know, when we moved, I gave her like all of my like stuff, like all of my toys, like dolls, Barbies, whatever it was that I had. I'm like, she's younger, older than she's you. younger. She was, um, she was four years younger than me. Okay. So she was like six mm -hmm. and I like gave her everything. I'm like, this is child's play. <laughs> I'm the, I'm the big sister now. I'm the adult. You can have all of, I won't play with this anymore. Like I have to be like the adult. And so it was like, I gave her all of that. And then it was kind of, and we like moved around, um, a bit 
through like growing up uh through that but it was like it was weird because he was a pastor so then I like overnight became like a pastor's kid so like I didn't know what that was gonna like Mm -hmm. bring with being like a pastor's kid and like seeing ministry from that side versus going from like you know having a dad that like never really like got into all of that to like now I have a dad who's like side note you know I just (laughs) math on this so your mom is going to be celebrating 13 years they yeah they just did they just celebrated uh, 13 years this i month. am i am going to be celebrating with abel 12 years this summer so 12 years ago you were nine 10 years no. old i'm what well, how old 23 yeah so 13 14 years ago oh, i might have it might have been 06 that they they got married in the beginning of 07 yeah yeah that's yeah. bonkers I look really young then. So, <laughs> but I had turned 10, like in January. So, I mean, there's like that extra That's year. That's crazy dance. But. Okay. Yeah. So then, so now you are traveling, you are with a new family mm-hmm. and where does it go kaput? Where are you like, mm, I'm going to do my thing. 15. 15. <laughs> it's the, I'm telling 15. you, 15 is, is 15. So, I don't crazy, know. I don't that know about 15 that. 15 was when most people went crazy or they found the Lord and were totally. You're right. Changed. You're so right. That's a yeah. really pivotable, pivotal. That's a really pivotal time yeah. in like somebody's life where if it, yeah. you could either launch into what God has called you to do or take years trying to get back to where you're supposed to go. Yeah. So what happened? So we were living outside of Chicago. Now, but now, mind you, you're a pastor's kid. What do you think about the whole ministry aspect? I at first I didn't mind. Um, but then around like when I turned 14 and 15 is when it was like, I was, because I felt like everything I wanted to do, oh no, you can't do that because we're the pastors. Mm. And so it's like, oh no, we can't do that because we're the pastors. Like you're the pastor's kids. You have to set the example. Like, you know what I mean? Cause like at that age, like error, everybody puts you on a pedestal. You right. And wrong. You can't be funny. Yeah. You can't, you can't none of that. It's yeah. like, you couldn't you couldn't do that because like the church, like basically like we reflect them and, and people would say like, Oh, well you can't, you know, like, cause my parents always like wanted, they never wanted people to be like, Oh, well you can't control your own kids. So how are you going to help me control mm-hmm. mine? Mm-hmm. And so it was like, and so we felt that even like more, more because it's like, you know, but then at the same time you're, I'm like 14. I don't know right. what I'm like, what's going on or anything like that. So, It was, and it was very different because like, even though we were in church and stuff, it wasn't like I was like, even though I I grew up knowing like about heaven and hell and I accepted the Lord into my life and I like grew up in church and stuff there, I hadn't at that point, I hadn't had that moment where it became real to me. It was kind of like, I was just writing off of like my parents' Mm -hmm. salvation and basically like deciding like okay well you know my parents wouldn't like this so I'm not gonna do it not like from a relationship right and then um from that point it was kind of like I I didn't have like that revelation so it was like I can just kind of do what I and so at 14 just about to turn 15 I had talked my parents into letting us go to a public school for one year and just to see how we liked it. Cause I had only been homeschooled my whole life. Yeah. And they, they like, they were like, all right, that's fine. You guys want it. That's fine. Bus will be here at 5 a.m. 
awesome. Like, wow. like you guys can have it. And from that, like, it didn't, I, I, I'm not going to say it's the, it was the worst thing I could have ever done, but I wasn't like spiritually strong enough. Mm. So like when I got around like unsaved people, unsaved kids at that age, it wasn't like I was going to be like the spearhead that like, right, right. I'm going to bring you to, even though I did, I like I brought them like, Hey, you guys should come to my youth group. And like, or like, no, I can't go to that party this weekend. Cause like my parents are going to say no, like, right. you know, like even though it was like that, I, they still kind of, I still like went off course of mm-hmm. of where i was supposed to be and so um i asked my mom for a boyfriend and she said no <laughs> so i got a boyfriend <laughs> <laughs> and that was so that was uh that was where it all went off off track because um we had been and like he was i mean he was really young i was really young and like, I think we were like dating for like a month before I even found out he was on probation and stuff. And so, <laughs> Mercy. Mom, so like, I know I was like, well, I didn't know that. So I know probation my mama doesn't what? know that. Um, he got caught with drugs okay. at school and stuff. Okay. And so I was like, well, my mom doesn't even know th- like that. And so like, I don't even, I don't, mom, if you're watching, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so that, that kind of, but like, that was it that like spiraled out because like, I got, I was like invested and I was like, this is going to be it. Like, and, and I'm gonna y- yes, we're going to yeah. get married and all this stuff. And, um, and like, so I went through like a lot cause I was raised to like, know what like a godly relationship was right. like, you know, like you, this is your person, you're like committed, you're submitted, you're whatever. And so like, I got, so I, to me, it was like a very serious, like relationship and so not for him yeah so like i went through a lot of like that and then uh and he wasn't saved he wasn't saved at all no and so there there was like we went through like that school year and at that same time like i was very i grew up very like introvert i know that's like hard to believe (laughs) but i grew up very (laughs) i grew up very introvert and so like but like believe it or not like way worse like, cause when people tell me now, like I'm super quiet, like I laugh because I'm like, you have no idea like yeah. how much worse it used to be. Like I couldn't look at people. I couldn't like talk to people. Like I couldn't look at people in the so eye. When, it was like, when did that change? So that changed Public when, sport? no, that changed when I, um, that changed at 18 because so I went, uh, we were, I was 15, almost 16 at this time and or no i was 15 we finished out that year of public school my mom like saw like how detrimental that guy was in my life and stuff so before the school year even ended she told me we're moving to florida to go play disney world while my dad because my dad worked um in the oil field and so he was in a six-month contract she said so while he finishes that out we're all gonna move and go to disney world get season passes and we're gonna live there and i was like so heartbroken because i'm like i don't want to do a long distance like i'm supposed to marry i'm like what are you talking about and then later she told me um that was specifically so we would break up because she knew like she moved our whole family because you knew she knew knew. she's like like, you're not gonna last like you're not gonna last uh, uh, when you're long distance and sure enough we didn't we probably like two more months and then i was like all right i'm over this um and so we i you know went uh we moved to Kissimmee, and my mom was like we're gonna go check out this church 
um, that your dad like knows about. He knows like the pastor there and we're going to go check it out. And it was the river. And so my mom would drive uh, an hour and I like, I loved it. I loved like the youth group there. I loved like, you know, everything about it. And so my mom would drive me every week, an hour to the river and back wow. just so I could like be a part of that youth group. Mm -hmm. And, and that was where like, I, like I, that was the moment for me where I was like, this is it. Like I'm saved. I want to live for the Lord, like baptized in the Holy spirit, like speaking in tongues, like, you know, all out, like, this is it. Like I was, you know, um, like got rid of everything that, that reminded me of like my past, like everything. And so, um, we did that. And then when we, like, I think probably nine months later, my mom's like, we're moving to Canada because <laughs> she wanted to live somewhere different. Wow. And so we moved there. Um, and then at the same time, it was like, I felt like looking back, I think it was like, I didn't develop myself enough, like spiritually to like withstand. Cause when we moved away, I was like, yeah, this is it. Like, I'm going to like be the Christian. I'm going to be right. like, and you know, in, 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 in love kind and, of an atmosphere. It's very easy. Yeah, it yeah. was. And then when we moved and it was like the church there, like we moved up there for my parents to, um, start a church and the pastors that were up there uh, said, yeah, you should come start a church here. We'll even help you. We'll be like sister churches. And then we moved up there and the pastors told my parents, yeah, I don't think we should open any more churches. We should just focus on filling the churches we have now and like backed out. And so it was like my parents, like we were renting like hotel uh, conference rooms and there were some Sundays it was like we showed up and it was like only our family and mm -hmm. stuff. So it was like, wow, you know, they were like ready to go, but like other people were backing out. So then, you know, uh, finished out, um, by this point I was probably almost 18, I think 17 or 18 and, um, lived, uh, lived in Canada for like a year or two at this point. And then, um, my dad had always told me though, when we moved there, he said, uh, Cause like I was ready to be married at like 17. Yeah. You know, like I was like, this is it. like, I'm going to, you know, like right, I, I've seen mature. it and, and I'm like, and then I went to the river and I'm like, there's Christians out there. I know it. Like, I know it. And so like, I was like ready. And my dad had told me when we moved, he said, Sarah, like your husband's not here in this city, like where we lived. He's like, um, he's not here <laughs> because yeah. the city we lived in was like in the middle of nowhere. And there was only like maybe two churches and the whole of like a hundred thousand people. Wow. So he's like, he's not here. He's like, so when you're ready, um, my husband's on. So this, <laughs> he's like, so when you're ready, you let me know, like when you're ready to meet someone, you let me know and I will send you somewhere to go meet him. Wow. And I was like, okay. And so that was kind of like in the back of my mind, um, for I probably almost, I think he said that for like a year, he's like, you know, when you're ready, you let me know, I'll send you to go meet someone. And so there I had, um, I had kind of like fallen off of, of, you know, I wanted that relationship with God. I wanted to be, uh, in the ministry or like do something with the ministry, but I didn't like know how. And I, and I wanted, I wanted it, but it was like, something was like holding me back. Yeah. And so then I had met, um, someone else there and cause like I had worked and then I was trying to figure out like, do I want to go to Bible college? Do I want to go into the oil industry? Like my dad and work in the oil field. And I did that for a couple months and um you did. <laughs> of course you did. I, I, I did that for a couple months to see how i liked it and stuff and it wasn't for me so 
uh, I, but then at that point, which this was crazy because, um, I was 18, almost 19. Uh, it was in December and I had been seeing, uh, someone else that in that there, um, for like a, a couple like months, mm-hmm. but I knew like, I, I knew like, this isn't the guy for me yeah. or anything like that. And, um, you know, cause he was all messed up. He wasn't saved. And he like, he, but he, he said he was like, he's like, I want to be saved and like all this stuff. And his dad was a pastor and, and, um, but he was like psychotic. So I like got to this point where I like, wasn't living for the Lord. Um, and I was like, no, but I, I want, I want this. And I remember telling my dad, I was like thinking, I was thinking to myself, like, you know, why waste so much of my life, like trying to find somebody that isn't even going to like, it's not going to benefit me or anything like that. Like, why not just like be, get serious with the Lord, like, Lord, like I want a life. I want to start a ministry. I want to be, I want to be this person. And so I sat, it was December and I was 18 and I sat my dad down and I told him, I said, dad, I need you to send me away. <laughs> Cause he knew, like he knew I was with this guy. Yeah. Um, my mom knew I was with this guy, but at the same time I was like, they, they didn't know what to do. Like, cause they can't like be like, you have to break up with him. Cause I'm right. like, I'm 18. I can, right. you know what I mean? Like it, it, they didn't want to like jeopardize like our relationship. But at the same time, they're like, you need to, you need to do something else with your life. And so, um, I just like hit, that was like my moment where I like hit rock bottom basically where I was like, like I wanted to be, I have a relationship and with the Lord and like an actual relationship. And so I told my dad, I was like, I need you to send me away. And he said, all right, I'll, I'll send you wherever you want. He's like, you want to go to the river for a little bit and try out, like, see what, what you think about going to school there and stuff. And literally within three days, they had me on a plane that was Christmas and they had me before or right after the day after uh new year's they had me on a plane to go and they had it arranged where i was gonna go and live with someone for a month uh who at the time was uh krista jones but now krista yesta um pastor krista yeah so she i lived with her for a month just to go to be in that environment be at the school see what it was like see if i wanted to go and at that same time so like um mike and i like matched up timelines and that same December, he was with some some other girl mm-hmm. that he wasn't supposed to be with. Mm-hmm. And he he told the Lord told him like around that same like like the, I don't know if it was like two days before Christmas or two days after Christmas. But like the, that same time, the Lord had like told him, you need to leave or else like he like like tangent like he uh, audible voice yeah he's like leave or else and the the lord told him that three times and then he like came he broke up with her he came home his mom already like she was waiting she already knew she's like you broke up with her he's like yeah because he had been um in a relationship with her for a couple years and that was where like his turning point happened of like okay i'm gonna go find the lord and and get serious and so i was in florida and that was where i decided okay uh, I told my dad, I was like, and I didn't want to go to RBI or anything like that at the time. I was like, dad, you know, I don't want to come home, but I don't want to go to RBI. And so he's like, well, it sounds like you need to make up uh, your mind. So I ended up not coming back home after that. That was, I left Canada and I never went back home. I just like lived there and then got an apartment and then started school and then did two years 
an RBI there. Wow. So that was, and um, then Mike came down a year after. So I had, I had already gone through my first year and then he came down um, because he got saved through Jonathan, like, like really saved. Like, you know, he grew, he has like similar story. He grew up in church, but never really like had that, but encounter. it was, yeah, that encounter. But then, um, he got saved and then, cause his mom, uh, oh, which this was crazy too. I don't know if I've ever told you this. So my parents, the Hawaii trip that, uh, Mike and his brother, John went on, mm-hmm that was the Hawaii trip that my parents had booked because they were going to go to Hawaii with Jonathan. Yeah. And then they backed out. And then Mike's mom found out, um, that two people had backed out of going to the trip. So she got the two tickets for Mike and John to go to Hawaii. And so I was, so like, it was like when we matched all this up, it was so crazy. So he went there, he like 10 days there, he got radically saved. And then he went to the river and that was like, that was it. And so we met there and, um, you know, I had gone through two years. I was like, there's nobody here for me. I'm not getting married. There ain't nobody like I want to be with. And then when I met him, I actually, (laughs) for a couple months, I didn't like him at all because (laughs) he like, I was like, he irritated me because, um, (laughs) (laughs) which I mean, I've told him this since, so he knows, but like, it was uh, one day where we were like cleaning the church and I was like making jokes that I wanted to go home. And he's like, well, you should just go home because like your heart's not in this anyway. And I like that irrit- or like I would be drinking like Dunkin' Donuts coffee and he would be like, why don't you believe for like something a little better? Like, like, it, cause I, but it, and, I, and everyone would laugh cause he's joking, but I got so mad cause it was true. I was like, my bank account, I can't buy like this kind of coffee cause my bank account, like this is a dollar happy hour coffee. Like I was like, so like, but that, like he had that mindset of like prosperity and like, Break you know, you can have like, you can have nice things. Mm-hmm. And so like, um, so then, you know, after he, after he came back, um or he was in school and like we kind of like towards that last quarter he started like sitting next to me and becoming friends with my friends and like everything like that so um we were out a group of us were out and he said at this time like I liked him and I think he liked he liked me for sure yeah um but we were getting coffee and I hadn't told any like at this time I knew I was coming up here to work um with revival today and but i didn't tell anybody because i didn't want anybody to treat me like different Mm -hmm. because like some people had found out and they're like oh put in a good word for me and i'm like no no so i wouldn't like tell anybody like nobody knew that i was coming up here and he said oh yeah um i'm going to go up for the summer and intern with revival today and i was like that's weird because i'm going up uh to move up there i'm like yeah that's crazy how, how and because he didn't know and yeah. he's like oh and so we ended up like leaving to drive up here the same time and spent that summer and that was the summer we like dated got engaged fell in love. and got married so that was that's amazing now we're here um <laughs> but that was you know the uh oh but going back to what you were saying about when i what like kind of came out of being like such an introvert was when I started going to RBI because they would like, 
you had like requirements to like soul win and things like that and like i remember i had never won anyone to the lord like just straight up like walked up to somebody and said like hey and you know let's get saved you know i'd never done that and so um and i think like each quarter you had to win like 250 people yeah and so that was like i i was so like scared at that time of like how am i gonna do this like i don't even like talk to people and stuff right and so i remember pastor ronnie saying how he got over his fear of heights was that he went and got on a glass elevator and just rode it up and down screaming like i am not afraid of heights you know and so i took that like literal so i went to walmart and I sat in my car screaming, I will win souls. Like, and then literally hyped myself up to go into Walmart and find someone. And like, and then I, and then I found the, uh, someone that led him to the Lord, led him through. I don't even know. I mean, he's just being nice, but like, <laughs> I like prayed with him and I was like, okay, that's it. I did it. <laughs> and then they're like, all right, do it 249 more times. And I was like, okay. And so that like really broke me out because when I would go home to visit for Christmas, people who knew me before were like wow you're like really talkative (laughs) and like you're really kind of like what happened you just you're not so shut in or anything like that so like that helped break me out of that because like I never like it which was funny when like we took our personality test because like I never wanted to be introverted I never wanted to be shy it was just like how I grew up and it's like okay this is just how things are so this is how it is but like at 15 I had a YouTube channel Mm -hmm. that like I that I was like I'm gonna be the next YouTube star Mm -hmm. I'm gonna be the the next this and like I would make these videos that like looking back now uh, you know I it was like that was like my release of like being an extrovert like I could yell I could scream I could talk to people I could like act stupid and and it'd be all right so but like i would never act like that in front of anyone like i would never do that so and which so that that's how i learned like video editing was making youtube videos that's so cool how everything everything ordained totally totally so then you may meet your husband and then you launch your own ministry yep so when we like on our first date he told me um, his plans and like what he feels called to do. And then I told him my plans, what I feel called to do because he wanted to like make sure that we like match up. Sure. So his was, I feel called to be an evangelist and this, this, and this. And I said, I feel called to be an evangelist and this, this, and this. And so, um, which was really crazy because my first year of RBI, I had just, I think that was when I found out about Jonathan mm-hmm. and I remember telling people like, um, before I even like had the thought, cause I never thought I would like come work for revival today. I was like, no, that I, I couldn't reach that point. Like that's way too like far up there. I'll just go work for like a smaller ministry or something. But I told everyone, um, when I, cause they're like, what's your goal when you graduate? And I said, when I graduate, I want to work for an evangelistic ministry and learn the ins and outs of ministry and also develop my skills in video editing. And I, and I, and I even told people, I want to be the ROM of what, what ROM was to Revival Today. I want to go be that for a ministry. Oh. Like, I had even used that example. Like, I want to go be a ROM to a, a ministry. And then when ROM called me, he's like, so you uh, want to come work for Revival Today? <laughs> I, was, I was like, wait, what? Like, I had never, like, I just, it never entered my mind. But yeah, so 
it was crazy how the Lord had like worked that out because now I like get to see behind the scenes yeah. of what we feel called to do. And so last year in May, we launched MJV Ministries and started that up. And so we're, I mean, you know, we, we travel, preach, and then um, last uh, towards the end of last year, we started doing um, broadcasts and things like that because I'm like, this is like, it's a way to reach people. It's, you know, it's a platform. And it all so counts. it all counts. Yeah. Okay. So tell everybody now about <laughs> yeah, book. So in the beginning of this year, during 21 days of prayer and fasting, actually. Um, so last year in October, I had like made a made it a goal to write a book Mm -hmm. about being a creative in the ministry because so many people, um, like myself included, like I never could find any, anyone that was like, I'm in the ministry and I'm, I'm a video editor and I have this eye or like whatever, like artistic, you know, I'm a writer, I'm a, um, film or whatever it is. Like I never had like that example from like someone who was like in like taking it from a ministry point and a creative point Mm -hmm. where it was like, you know, not only can you edit videos and produce things, you can also get people saved. Well, I think like even just the thought of that, because it's a brand new market. Mm -hmm. Like even when we were younger, they didn't have like what what's available to us now. So you literally have to start from ground zero, carve your way through yeah because even what you do isn't like what's normal right i mean like normal church ministries don't do that yeah so like having this be an outlet for somebody for the upcoming generations where now this is you know you had to start from ground zero but now that they can build on whatever it is that you've learned and all the little tidbits that you've taken from the ministry is important which is what i wanted like i wanted to be able to like give someone like my advice and then like have scripture to it mm-hmm. and have like, why do you work in excellence? Right. Um, you know, what does it mean to have the mind of Christ? Like, you know, cause it's like, you don't have, I would, I even said like, you don't have creator's block. There's no such thing as creator's That's block. Good. Like the God who created everything yes. lives on the inside of you. And like, just like learning how to like access that because that was like a major key for me. Mm-hmm. And like, even like speaking like that, like, you know, changing the way I talk and things like that. So I was like, there's no book out there that does that. No, you're right. So I'm like, so I'm just going to write one. Right. That's good. <laughs> and so during um, the 21 days of prayer and fasting was when I wrote it. <laughs> so Mike, um, not wait around. Huh? He, he, um, he was working in uh, Washington at the time. So he would have to be out there at like, so he would have to be out there at like 7am. Mm-hmm. So he would drop me off here at like 630 sometimes six. And this was before like morning prayer or anything like that. So it was like unusual for anyone to be here. And so I had like two to three hours every morning before I would clock in. And so I'm like, I'm just going to take this time and just start writing a book. And then that was literally at the end of the 21 days of prayer and fasting, it was like finished and I sent it off to be edited and and published. So it was, I mean, it was a miracle. um, Cover? Cover. I did. Of course you did. <laughs> you blow me away. That's crazy. Um, there oh, it is. Yep. Woo! Wow. Where can they order this? You can get this on Amazon or on my website, sarahvitalidge.com. Sarah, well, y'all need to spell it. <laughs> oh, look, actually, your name is right there. Mm-hmm. Sarah without an H. 
Vitalich, V-I-D-U-L-I-C-H. SarahVitalich.com, yeah? Yep. So you can uh, get that book. It's called Stand Before Kings. How, what is it? How creatives get promoted in the, the kingdom of God. Wow. Mm-hmm. Let me get that book, though. <laughs> you can have some. Thank you. <laughs> um, also, you have uh, gear. You have merchandise, right? Yes. I, um, with the book release, released uh, some sweatshirts, some t-shirts, yeah. and uh, mugs. So you can get all of that at saravitalage.com forward slash shop. I like that. I like that. Listen, if she can write a book in 21 days. <laughs> Yo, I'm saying. I'm saying. Something very special. I'm Do saying. Do something special. That's during amazing. this time of quarantine. Seriously. What other word did we decide for quarantine? Lockdown. <laughs> Prison. Prison. Uh, something that's positive, right? A positive spin. Vacation. Staycation. Va- staycation. Uh, on your vacation. <laughs> Look at this with. You know um, what um, Adeboya calls it? Compulsory holiday. That's what we're going to be. Con- calling it for listen now. i'm not gonna sit here and pretend that i know what compulsory <laughs> is. it's like a, a it's like a forced holiday okay. <laughs> and a holiday in in other countries is like vacation it's a forced vacation okay so compulsory I like vacation i like the Compul- <laughs> compulsory i like the holiday. easy peasy forced much vacay. nicer word than forced forced. vacay um thank you for sharing your testimony i want you to understand that it is so easy i've seen so many people I just, I guess it all starts. The, the, the first step that you have to take in going in the direction that God has instructed for you to go to or has, has called for you to go, has willed for you to, mm-hmm. you know, walk in is making the decision to do it. You know, and it doesn't start like you didn't, you didn't, you didn't know you were going to write a book in 21 days. You didn't know you were going to no. be, uh, uh, you know, working with Revival Today, starting your own ministry on the side with Mike Vitalich as a husband. Yeah. You know, like you didn't know like all of the little details of it. Um, when you decided in Canada that I have to break up from this toxic relationship mm-hmm. and, and I need to get out of here. It's mm-hmm. interesting that that's kind of like the, the vein the among the, pe- the people here. Yeah. It's like God said, go. God said Move, a thing and I there was to obedience go. attached there to There has it. to yes. be something that you detach yourself from in right. order to bring that commitment into reality. Right. You and know, there's that, 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 and Abraham went the very next day. There's just that mm-hmm. everybody knew that there was a small window of opportunity. No and it was like what, 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 um, Rachel was saying. She had the vision of the anointing and the, the ministry the opportunity and they were crossing. And it's like, you need to move when the opportunity arises. Right. Because if you didn't like, you'd still be in, in, in Canada. Yeah. You know, you'd still probably mar- be married, maybe divorced by now with three oh, kids, yeah. you oh, know, yeah. like cracked out because you don't know how to handle it. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I mean, it's just so important that you and, and you and the people that are listening, that you are obedient to the voice of God. You, we didn't have all of the answers. Right. We didn't have all of the details. And, uh, you know, you didn't have a choice in the fact that your dad passed. Right. You didn't have a, a choice in, like, m- moving yourself, uh, like, throughout the entire world. You didn't <laughs> yeah. have a say in that, you know? So, like, you did your best with what was afforded to you. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, you decided to choose to go in the direction of the call of God on your life. Like you felt, you felt it, you sensed it. And you're like, I'm just going to go, you know, even though I don't really want to go to RBI, you ended up there anyway. It's just, 
attacking what you know God is telling you to do. Mm-hmm. So whatever that looks like, you know, I just, I, I, it's so important that you do it. And so important that you are obedient to that first step. Because from that first step comes another step, then another step, then another step. And then lo and behold, you're an author of a book with your <laughs> own website, with your own podcast. Tell people what your podcast is called. Sarah Vitalich. The Sarah V podcast. The Sarah V. <laughs> Made it really easy from that one. <laughs> the Sarah without an H podcast. So check that out and subscribe to her podcast. Again, if you love our devotionals, um, she, when, when she came on board, she started, uh, editing it and it just went on overdrive. <laughs> the Pillsbury so Doughboy, uh, <laughs> scene, the, the madness, the Darth Vader, that's her. That's the creative <laughs> genius you see is her. So, uh, she's got an incredible sense of humor, but I hope that does really like you know, you deciding to be in a toxic relationship could could break you. You know, it, yep. it has the potential of of taking you far from where God has you. And, you know, it, it probably sucked. She probably didn't want to. She probably didn't want to, you know, leave those relationships because she felt like I'm emotionally invested. I've got like a, 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 a spiritual connection with this person or what is it called? Like a, a soul, soul tie. tie. You know, you got soul ties with these people and and you're like, I it, this this would be heartbreaking for me, especially mm-hmm. at such a young age, you know? So it's like, but but you did it anyway. And then you had like like godly influences that were like, if you don't do it, I'm going to do it for <laughs> yeah. you. You know, like we're moving to Florida. Yeah. Um, so it's Thanks, like Mom. all of the things that have happened in your life is to is to get you to where you're at right now. Mm-hmm. And so if you're in that kind of like a like a weird place where you're like, I don't know what my life it looks like or what it's going to look like, like, but I know, yeah, yeah, but I know right now is not where I want it to be. Yeah. You know, like you, you could sense that, right. You Mm -hmm. could sense even when, when you were in the first relationship, you're like, this doesn't feel good. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm committed, Mm -hmm. you know, like, you know, you, you can talk yourself into things that won't produce anything. You could, you could have been married to that first guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. You could like, there's so many possibilities, but because you said, "Mm, there's just, uh, we need to do something. There has to be a move. There has to be something that's done to get yourself out of that. And, and, you know, maybe the Lord's telling you to move. I don't know what, whatever the the frustration, if you look at frustration as a catalyst for change, then you'll understand that frustration is allowed because there's a direction that you need to move into. So during these times, like take the frustration and do something about it. Like get in your prayer closet. Being frustrated doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing. It could just be a tell-all that something has to change. Correct. So let's reevaluate our lives and see what we can change. What we can change. And, And whatever that is, it might be just taking yourself and just... Uh, placing yourself over <laughs> over here correct Far a away. thousand miles away i don't know um but the but the thing is you need to take a stand and say i'm going to be one sided about 
um, you know, where I'm at with the Lord and I'm going to go, um, I will pursue it yeah. and I'm not going to have anything. And, and, and I'm, I'm now talking more so to the people that are in these toxic relationships. Like Mikey was Mikey, her husband, he was probably in a toxic relationship. You know what I mean? So it was like, but you're, you're invested. He's Italian. He's been with her for four years. I don't know how many years. Like, like, yeah, three or four. Yeah, something like that. I, I don't even know. You know, it could have been 15 years. Like, you know, that that's not something that would have been easy for him to do is just like up and, you know, move from Queens to freaking Florida. Mm -hmm. Like that's not, but you do it. And you see, you, you reap the benefit of just being one, like one-sided when, when it came to Patrick and saying, I'm, I'm done drinking, show me. And God will show you if you, if you make those steps of obedience and say, listen, this is, I'm sacrificing something here. I'm sacrificing. And it might even be just your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. People don't want to venture out into the world because of the unknown. I don't know what it's going to be like living in Florida. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it's going to be like, you know, moving to California or Chicago or wherever the heck, you know, the Lord is telling you to do, uh, move to, but it's, it, you got to push past that and come to the realization that if you want to be successful, if you want to do what God has called you to do, it's not going to be like you choose every single route and you, it's, it's going to look how perfectly what you have in mind. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's, that, that just doesn't, I've not met anybody who from the very beginning was like, this is, this is what I'm going to do. It's my way. I'm going to go this way. No, th there was always a sacrifice that had to be made um, in order to follow the, the, the call in God's perfect plan. But the, the sacrifice is so little compared to the blessing that's on the other side. You look back on it and you think, this ain't no sacrifice. This was the easiest thing that I, that's, that's the best decision that I could have done is to follow the, the, the plans that God has for me. And Shirley just said it, just ordered the book. Can't wait. Yeah. Um, is this uh, available on like Kindle? Mm -hmm. It is. Mm -hmm. It's on Kindle. Of course, of course. it is. Of course <laughs> it is. Cara. She works in excellence. Yeah. Uh, so get yourself this book, Stand Before Kings. And again, it's sarahvidelich.com. S-A-R-A-V-I-D-U-L-I-C-H. And um, if, if that's you, and you know. Do you have any copies in the office? I, you I can get them. Um, if, if you know that you need to get out of this relationship, you need to move forward in the direction that God has for you, I need you to take a stand today. I need you to be one-sided. Mommy and daddy, like she said, mommy and daddy can't go with me where I'm, like at, past this point. I've been riding their coattails for too long. Now I have to stand up and say, you know what? This is what I believe in. This is what I will attack. This is what I'm walking into. People need to desire their own encounter that will mark them for the rest of their lives. And I think that this that's time the, that's the word. is that's the, the word, perfect time for an encounter. Magali, mm -hmm. that's the word. You need to get into your, your quiet spot. In your in your hiding place, in your secret closet, whatever it is, <laughs> and you need to desire an encounter for, from God that will mark you for the rest of your life. Do that today. Do that. And if you've never made that commitment, and you know you got to get out of this relationship, I want you to go ahead and text that person right now. I'll wait. Mm -hmm. Go text that person right now and say that you and me, we can't be. 
Mm-hmm. Make a poem out of it. You and me, can be. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I'll see you on uh, when I see you. I don't know. Uh, just be creative. You don't have to be creative. You could just uh, give them a call and be like, "This ain't working out." I'm sorry. Our relationship it's needs me. the social distance. We, we, exactly. This <laughs> social distancing has made me come to the realization <laughs> that we need to socially distance our relationship forever, not just six feet apart. Um, so I'm, I'm telling you, you need to, uh, get rid of the people that you know are, they're they're toxic for you. You know, you just don't know because uh, like it, it it just like stirred something up and you're like, Oh, it just hit, it hit you that right way. Cause you know, that is not the person that God has for you. So I want you to go ahead. And in this time of forced vacation, go ahead and just detach yourself from those toxic relationships that are going to hold you back and keep you down. No, there is no time for that. Jesus is coming. I'm telling you what Jesus is coming. So I want you to live holy and I want you to be one-sided about what it is God has for your life. There's no time to waste. You know, you might be wondering what the heck to do. Why am I in this? I feel stagnant. I, I'm frustrated. It's you got to drop off the dead weight. No, no offense to him or her, but you got to drop them off and then just move towards that direction and say, God, I'm sacrificing this relationship because I want you. I want you to speak to me. I want to, uh, I want to be used by you. Tell me what to do. And he will tell you what to do. Amen. And if you know, that you need to get your, your life right with the Lord. Sarah's going to lead you in a prayer because she's a soul winner. She was just, she just let, led uh, uh, her, her uh, DoorDash guy, her Uber <laughs> delivery guy to the, the Lord the other day. Want, um, I want her to pray for you. Be Jesus. I want her to pray for you. It is time to get your life right with the Lord. And I know you guys have kind of been reflecting in your head because you've been in this forced vacation, but um, it's time. It's time to make the moves and it's time. Listen, if she hadn't made that move to let go of those relationships she would not be here today as happy as can be with a a daggone book i mean an author (laughs) huh so i want her to pray for you go ahead i just father i thank you lord that you are making yourself real to people right now Lord, that you are revealing to people who they need to cut out, what they need to cut out. Mm -hmm. Father, that you're revealing to them that they haven't gone too far. Mm -hmm. Lord, that they're not too far into something that they can't back out of, that they can't overcome. Father, the same way that you showed up in my life when I was 18 and pulled me out, Father, and set me on high. Lord, that you turned what the enemy meant to destroy my life for a testimony. You will do it for everybody else. Yes, you will. So I thank you, Lord, that you give them the strength. Mm -hmm. Father, that you give them the words to say. Lord, that you give them the wisdom of what they need to do. Father, that they don't rely on anybody. Mm -hmm. Father, that, that if... If it's a woman, Father, that she doesn't rely on that man, but she relies on you as as her source, Father, that you will financially cover them, Father, that you will you will protect them, Lord, that you will be about them. So, Father, whatever the case is, Lord, that you are revealing it to them now, and I thank you for it in Jesus' name, Amen. 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 Receive that, receive that today, and uh, and make the commitment to serve God fully. And I'm telling you, you are not going to lose. I. I'm telling you, you won't lose. And if you know of anybody who's in that type of a scenario and you know this person is not the right one, I want you to tag them. I want you to send this over to them. You don't have to like put them on blast. You can do a little message, message, message. You know know what I mean? Um, But but do what you can to let them know. Uh, There's no time to waste. And God has something so perfect for you. Mike and and Sarah, I mean, they're perfect for each other. They are amazing. And I can't wait to see what your kids are going to look like. (laughs) 
it's gonna be like a blonde like arnold schwarzenegger i just my prayer is just that they have blue eyes yeah okay like just inherit my blue eyes yeah not that his eyes are you know brown eyes are they're great and it's like very like italian very well could be you know so i'm just like lord do it speak it out everything you've spoken (laughs) has come to pass so go ahead and speak that speak that out but anyway we love you thank you so much for tuning in jonathan's gonna be in um uh shortly 30 minutes less or whatever so uh come back i love you share this testimony share your testimony amen god bless peace deuces